Good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of The Last Knock, your friends in horror since 2013, part of the Strange Society Network. Go to StrangePodNet on Twitter for all your macabre podcasting needs. I am Johnny Numb, and joining me, usually as always, is... <laughs> Crash! That's it, damn it. That's all you're getting. <laughs> Crash. Crash. <clears throat> Crash. Billy Crash. Or as they say in France, craw. <laughs> I have no idea what the, what the hell I'm talking about. I'm delirious. Krav, I need food. Krav Maga. Okay. Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> My fighting technique. Yes. Uh, well, in any case, uh, tonight we are going to talk about Horrific Winter Wonderland or something to that effect. We got winter horror movies or horror, horrors that sing, signify the chill in the air in unique and special ways to the two of us. Um, and, you know, this episode will be out prior to Christmas and prior to a lot of people going on vacation, I'm sure. So, so yeah, so maybe we have some conventional choices. Maybe we have some unconventional choices. Um, and I will let Billy lead off. Damn. No pressure, oh. Bill. No, none. Um, well, I think I think there's two of my go-tos in, in the winter. When it's a really wintry day, there's two movies that I can watch back-to-back in my own little double feature. And John Carpenter's The Thing comes to mind right away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just cold. There's snow. It's the first goddamn week of winter. You know, <laughs> it, <laughs> it has that blue glow from the snow and the ice. Um, the wind and that element of isolation and you know you're facing the other and there's no one to help you Um, and you could feel the cold in fact you know they shot some of the scenes in refrigerated rooms Mm -hmm. you know so uh, so that movie gives me the, the real cold feel and I think that's just a perfect winter movie because um it's just bleak, <laughs> and, in, and in the end, well, in the end, um, well, you'll just sit around here for a while and see what happens, you know? Yeah, I feel like uh, the thing has one of the, you know, one of the bleakest endings in in a mainstream horror film. I mean, pe- people people go on like the thing was not a big well. Not it wasn't. I wouldn't call it a big budget movie, but it was released by Universal, so yeah. it had it had a lot of push behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like how people kind of kind of make it sound like it was an underdog with the. But I mean, the deck was stacked against it with ET, but um, that year, eighty two was like the year for movies. Man, it was Blade, incredible. Late Blade Runner. Yeah, I mean the list goes on. Uh, Poltergeist. I mean this, that, and the other thing, and. You know, unfortunately, the thing got lost in the mix, but I remember seeing it in front of the big screen with my dad and my brother, and we were like, wow, like, this is just insane. It was incredible, you know, and there was like 20 people in the audience. I'm like, this place should be packed. You know, what the hell's going on? Um, yeah, you know what was interesting, Bill, to, what, to your point is I feel like, uh, you know, I saw that movie at a young age, but I saw it on TV, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the t- it wasn't the uh, altered TV version with the the narration and stuff that you hate. Um, I still haven't watched that version. I don't think I want to. 
Um, but it was just they they took the movie and they cut out the swear words and they cut out some of the violence. But what was what what really got my attention was that they kept a lot of the transformation effects intact on basic cable. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering if that was because of the kind of the loophole, because it's a, it seems like an extremely violent movie, but mostly it's kind of like these gooey effects that are happening and it's like an it's an imitation it's not like something violent is happening but it's almost it almost defies description in a way it, it's it's violent but it's not at the same time i don't know yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah they were violent transformations but if it's this animal's way of transforming but uh mm-hmm. The one thing that I do love from the TV version is the ending. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it ends with, you just see it's a smoldering pile and the dog running off. To me, that's perfect. That's perfect, you know. Um, and I right. still, I still, deba- I was just thinking about it the other day in my head. Is it, o- is it okay that they didn't do the dog thing in the major theatrical release? I think they should have. Uh, I go back and forth. In the end, it doesn't matter because both ends are the same. It's like, what happened? You know, so... Yeah, and I think the and I think something interesting, Bill. You mentioned the 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 cold feeling that kind oh, of man, yeah, that comes off that movie as you're watching it. I think some of that that feel is that that mood is Carpenter's uh, skill, but I think you know it also is the way he shoots it, the way it's like that blue looking cold, um, the way the power goes out near the end, and it's like oh god, now it's really dark blue in addition to dark. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really cold. And what's interesting to me is that neither the 1951 film nor the prequel, which I know you have a huge affinity for, <laughs> really capture that sense of freezing Arctic cold. Um, it doesn't come off those films to me in the same way it does in the Carpenter film. Yeah, agreed, agreed, absolutely. And <clears throat> man, you know, if you want to like sell fear, sell the cold, I mean, like, you know, think about the ending, you know, um, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you know, fire won't last long, no, you know, warmed up everything over, all over camp won't last long, no. And that's, the, it's like, and after that, what do they have? Like, what, 15 minutes, maybe? 20? Like, you know, until they freeze to death? Like, start freezing to death? Hypothermia? <laughs> right. You know, and they get, they're going to rip off their clothes because they're going to get that warm sensation. You know, when I was in the Coast Guard, uh, I didn't have to go through the drill, but someone went through hypothermia drills and he was an officer and he said it was really bizarre he said it was like you know uh i was told it's like uh, a feeling of being high like a drug addict and he said i remember floating in the water and i couldn't feel my fingers or my toes and he said i just felt really good all of a sudden and they had like they were hoisting him a rope and he was just pushing it away he's like leave me alone this is great and, you know, rescue swimmer had to go in and get him. You know, it's like because he would have just fucking died. And, um, but, uh, you know, and I've I've seen, you know, things where, you know, people like in the desert at night, you know, where they freeze and they're not prepared. You know, they end up, you could tell when you're getting close to the body because there's clothes everywhere because they, they feel this heat at the end. And they're taking all their clothes off, and then you find them dead, naked, you know, frozen, you know, in the desert. I know it sounds bizarre, but, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just like, what a way to go, man. You know, it's just, uh So that's, that's a, so the whole movie's just screwed up. You know, here's these seven, what, yeah, seven crazy guys, 
and they are crazy, you know, and, you know, shit's happening. So it's just a great thing to watch. You know, it's like, oh, it's cold outside. I feel cold. Let's get under a blanket. Watch the thing. It's like, it's like <laughs> horrific torture to yourself. It's great. Yeah, and I, th- I think uh, I think something about that film bill is uh, that I I know I've mentioned on the show before is the the the, the altruistic choice that the men make. Um, it's like okay, this thing crash landed here. Those Norwegians woke it up. Now we got to deal with it. Um, but it's like let's make our stand. Let's not wait for the rescue party to come in in spring. Mm-hmm. You know, let's. Uh, let's do our best to, to destroy this um, so it doesn't reach civilization. And, and I kind of like that touch mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you could have taken it in a couple different directions, but they make that decision. Yeah. It's like, we're just seven men or however many men on this research base. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like that unsung hero thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> you'll never know the heroic measures that were taken at outpost 31 because exactly. it got blown up <laughs> yeah so what if we're wrong about him then we're wrong and it's like yeah i get it Charles. like you know it's like i get it oh man that was just crazy oh that movie i just uh i was at one point i was watching it every week oh yeah i was yeah. just watching it every week and like it, it doesn't i don't get tired of it Hey, that's the sign of a good movie, and I uh, I actually showed it to uh, my girlfriend, whom you know, and mm-hmm. she she seemed uh, she seemed nonplussed by the horror effects. So I was I was I was impressed by that. I was like, okay, all right. She she sat through the whole thing and didn't, you know. And we we talked about it afterwards, as we tend to do when I ever I show her a horror movie. Um, uh. We watched the autopsy of Jane Doe together as well, and she actually really liked that one, Bill. I know yes. you wrote the, wrote the article on that, so yeah, um, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, good choice, Bill. Good comfort discomfort movie choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, discomfort. Absolutely. Yeah, for for your uh, for your Christmas viewing, definitely. Uh. Well, you you know, on a semi-related note, um, this is a movie. Uh, I've only watched it once, but I really liked it, and it definitely gave off heavy The Thing vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a Larry Fessenden's The Last Winter. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I forgot about that one. Now it's came right in my head. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, you know. Good one, man. And I think Larry Fessenden, is, I say this all the time, for as much as you see him and pop up in, like, every indie movie that comes out these days... <laughs> You know, I still think he's an underrated, kind of an underrated talent. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, even though he spearheads glass eye picks and he, he kind of nurtures all this young talent out into the world, he's a really, he just seems like such an awesome guy. Like, he, he seems to really be about creativity and about the art, which which I really like and I think shines through in his movies because they're, even when they're not successful, they're just simply more unique than a lot of the stuff you see coming out and i felt that way with the last winter apparently uh mr fessenden is kind of an advocate for uh kind of uh ringing the alarm bell for climate change and that was kind of his impetus for making this movie and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's about these goings on at a research center um in the antarctic you know which is where you see like the 
what the ice shelf melting away yeah um so he he does manage to put in some commentary in the film mm-hmm. but what's what's impressive is how just it's it's just an effective piece of horror and suspense as well um oh, he's yeah. re- he's really good at you know creating suspense uh, distrust among characters but he's also really good at you know fleshing out the characters and oh yeah you've got a great cast i believe ron perlman is playing like a yes un- a- an unscrupulous uh, guy advocating for an oil pipeline, if I recall correctly. Um, yep. Yeah, he was he, he rocked that role, man. He really did. He killed it. Yeah, Ron Perlman's pretty fantastic in anything. You know, he, pretty much if you see him in something, even if the movie's not good, he'll, he'll be good in it. So, mm-hmm. um, I keep think keep thinking of him as the pizza, the pizza shop owner slash mafioso guy and drive but um... <laughs> i always think of him as an uh, alien resurrection going earth that shithole <laughs> it's like yeah you know it baby <laughs> but yeah he's he's always good and uh, i know connie Britton's in there yeah. as well, who i like a lot yep. um james and, LeGrosse, uh, man yeah, and he's good. He's another one who you just see pop up in all sorts of indie movies. Um, he's always good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a really good movie. I I've only like I said, I only saw it once, but I was like, wow, this thing is really effective in what it sets out to do. It's not heavy-handed, at least to me, it wasn't. And it and it brings that definite winter chill to to the proceedings because unlike the thing where you're dealing with a, an organism who could potentially overrun mankind with the last winter you're dealing with climate change which is you know a very real thing on top of these other otherworldly elements that uh, Fessenden incorporates into the film which I think makes it you know just as just as chilling an effort so mm-hmm. I, I really I really like it for that I was really taken with that film when I watched it so yeah, that was cool. Like, there's certain elements of it I like, eh, but <laughs> you know that whole first act and up into that second act was really, really solid and compelling for me. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, the other one that I would play along with the thing to get that you know to keep to keep it the winter of our discontent is um, is The Shining from 1980. I, I know you don't care for the film. I. You know, and I understand that. And um, mm-hmm. but again, you know, it's the, again you have the isolation. You know, it's the same thing as the thing. You know, you have the isolation, the cold. We can't go anywhere. We can't get out. Nobody could get in unless they really, <laughs> really, really want to. And um, and I'm just happy that the great Joe Turkle, who played Lloyd Lloyd the bartender, he's going to be 95 in July. He's still with us. Holy shit! Yep, uh, I met him. What a great, 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 great guy. And um, no, it's just a great, compelling. You know, it's really cool because there's this element of pure isolation in this gigantic hotel. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, there's three of us, um, a whole bunch of ghosts, and uh, it's not going to be fun. You know, um, <laughs> you know, family, yay. You know, it's like, ah, uh, you know, they're all crazy. And I love it. Within three days, you know, the house realizes, uh, the house, the friggin' hotel realizes, hey, they're crazy. Let's amp up this energy. Let's tap into it. And and it's beautiful. Um, I love it. So it's just really great to get that cold, that element of cold and just, uh, I just, 
Well, you, you, Feel you, it in my loins. You know what, Bill? I will agree with you in that regard with The Shining because, you know, we should just call this episode Cold Horror. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was calling it Winter Horror, but we could call it Cold Horror. Okay, yeah, Cold Horror, that's fine. Chilled chilled like a butt light horror, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like no, a banter's know, hard cider. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have one more left of the uh, six pack you got me back in May. So. Damn! <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, you know what? I totally agree with what you're saying, Bill. The the hotel is kind of presented in a drab way. The way the sun comes through those big windows yeah. has a has a very wintry feel to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost it's it's a bit too bright, kind of coming inside, um, with the sun hitting the snow and all that. So you know that there are little details like that that are interesting, and the snow feels really real when, you know, they're running through the hedge maze and. Danny Lloyd looks cold. Jack Nicholson looks cold. He's clutching his sweater and all that. Mm-hmm. And you know when Danny Lloyd's sliding down that big snowdrift. Oh, awesome oh, man. You know I'm like um that that you know and it's taking place in Colorado and it does feel like movie magic when you're looking looking at the uh, elements of the production for sure that uh, went into conveying that. Even when Halloran's coming up the oh, hill yeah. the hill in the snowcat and he's like just dwarfed by all of these huge huge trees on either side of the path you know there is that sense of enormity to uh, just nature i think um you know as as the snow comes down and mm-hmm. an effect and just adds a complication to this already tense situation it's pretty it is pretty cool in that regard and you know what i'll say bill Jack say Nick- Jack, Jack Nicholson's uh, lazy layabout getup with his jeans and his <laughs> and it, and his and his like you know stretched out sweater and his flannel shirt. He he looks so much kind of like me. Only you replace the flannel shirt with like a black t-shirt that's like twenty years old. That's how I look in winter, basically. <laughs> Happy red rum to you, Johnny. Yeah, I was going to say, so that actually, you know, I never really thought too much about Jack's appearance in that film, and I always just assumed they let him wear whatever he wanted to wear. But um, Just another shabby writer, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it is so accurate. Like, he goes from looking kind of put together and with it when Shelley Duvall interrupts him that first time, and then you see him at the end, and he's just <laughs> all, like, he, he's got the five o'clock shadow, the disheveled hair, and he's got that stretched out, stretched out sweater and that flannel shirt yeah he that's that's just the model of cabin fever and some <laughs> you know and i you know i've said this before but i love the uh, miniseries version but it does right. not capture it does not capture that sense of cold the way the kubrick film does yeah i don't think steven weber wanted to you know to go that route probably but uh well, I think it's also because a lot of the snow was like fake and digital, and it just didn't look convincing compared to like just yeah. from a te- just from a technical perspective. So that is a weakness of that of that film, unfortunately for me. I just always think that there was a horror movie within the horror movie, or it could have been if Scatman, you know, he's in he's in the snow cat, the snow, he's in the middle of nowhere, it's dark all around him, and suddenly the snow cat like stops working. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's like you're dead, man. Like I don't think he had. He didn't have a radio. 
He didn't have a radio. He didn't let them, you know, he didn't let the sheriff know, like, or the rangers, like, hey, I'm coming up, or, like, trying to get in touch with Wendy or anybody. He had he had nothing, man. And it's like, you know, he's going how many miles? We don't know. It probably took him a few hours, like, after doing this flight and driving to where he oh, had yeah. to in Colorado. Like, fuck all that, man. <laughs> all this to just enter a building and, like, but... It was like the stepfather movie where the guy's like trying to like find a stepfather and he finally finds him and as soon as he does it's over. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it. That's a that's a, that's a good comparison yeah. there. Yeah. Oh man. Well, well, and you're right, Bill. The the era before cell phones and you know you're you're right. He's 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 putting an awful lot on the line to to come and rescue uh, to come and rescue them. So. Yeah, it was just crazy. Like, if that thing, like, broke down, like, started to have an electrical problem, can you imagine your heart? Like, oh, my, like, you're, you're gone. It's over. Yeah, basically. You're, you're, yeah, basically. you're dead. Like, like Ullman says, it's like, yeah, well, we don't, you know, the tremendous cost to keep the roads open is why we don't stay open year-round, you know, for skiing or whatever. So, yep. you know, so, yeah, basically, no one's going to be coming up in their snowmobile or their, uh, you know, there, there's whatever, and and come and buy your broken down old snowcat to help rescue you. So, oh yeah. man, oh. Well, you know, Bill, here's a movie that's much more recent, but I think captures the the chilly, wintry feel of things, and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a fable, I'd say, or mm. based on based on folklore, and it's Michael Doherty's uh, Krampus. Aha. Um, uh-huh. Which is, you know, I haven't watched it in a couple years, but for a while there I was watching it, trying to watch it every Christmas because I, I think it is a great Christmas horror movie. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it takes suburbia and it sort of pulls the rug out from under suburbia. It's like by, by making it just this family, extended family who's together on the holidays and they happen on this bit of bad luck when this mythical <laughs> the mythical Krampus chooses their family to uh, for for punishment basically um, and yeah, it's I like enjoyed the, it yeah no I it, it's it's a really well done movie you know Michael Doherty did trick-or-treat which uh, you know yep the two of us love that as well great yep. anthology film yeah um, another film that's very seasonal you know for for Halloween and uh, yeah, this film is basically like the Christmas horror equivalent of a trick or trick or treat. It's a great creature feature. There's great special effects. The cast is stacked with great actors. Oh. Uh, fuck, fucking Tony Collette, uh, oh, Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just it's it's just a great cast. Uh, and it just you know the way the film escalates is it's creepy. Um, you know, Doherty has an definitely has an eye for horror. Um, but he's also he doesn't skimp on the characterizations. No, um, and you know the characters are very strong to match the performances. Yeah, and and uh, there's just this level of despair and suspense going on. I think you know when the power goes out, you it feels dark. It feels cold at night. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's a great moment where I think it's like a kid they're watching a video on YouTube and the phone battery just suddenly dies, and it's this great like oh shit moment in this movie because you know shit's gonna start to get real um yeah you know and and escalate and yeah i just really like the movie i haven't like i said i haven't watched it in a bit but um 
I, I really think it's well done. Um, Scream Factory came out with a four a four K Blu Ray of it recently, which contains the naughty cut, which apparently contains more footage. Um, Ooh, I, I, I want I that. Yeah, I haven't picked. <laughs> I haven't picked it up yet or checked like the differences in run times, but I may look into that. Um, I'm definitely curious, but it's uh, nice to see the film getting kind of its due because it didn't really do well at the off uh, box office. Um, uh, yeah, and it should have because um, I remember watching it, and I and again, my mantra when there's a movie that's really really good is like, don't fuck up the ending, don't fuck up the ending, and <laughs> right. and I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh. And then aha i was like all right you know <laughs> i'm like okay i'll take that that was good <laughs> well you know the, th- the problem with a lot of movies and you know i'm, sh- I'm sure we both share this uh, complaint bill is that too many movies do that tacked on jump scare thing yeah fuck jeez. which which is like you know it's just more that the producers wanted it in there than maybe the filmmakers themselves wanted in there it's just like oh you got to tease a sequel or you got to do something to make the audience jump one more time and it's just so tired yeah that i think i think most people expect it at this point just to laugh at it <laughs> mm-hmm. but um but i liked i liked how krampus ended because it felt right it didn't feel like that cheap it didn't feel like a cheap tacked on kind of thing like you know it was it was test screen and we decided to shoot like an extra minute of footage to wrap it up it was it felt it felt right to me so yeah yeah that's cool no that was a that was a blast that was fun um i did enjoy it and well i guess since we're getting into a comedy a slightly comedic realm (laughs) um i'm gonna go with one that i thought would be a joke and it was a kick-ass anthology on its own and that is, I think I know, you know where I'm going. A Christmas Horror Story. Oh, you know what, Bill? I haven't seen it. Oh! It also came out in 2015, same year as Krampus. Oh, okay. And I don't know how I heard about it. I'm just like, what's this? And then it's like, William Shatner's playing Dangerous Dan, a disc jockey? And it's like, <laughs> holy, this is great! You know, and it was great. This movie, um, it was, uh, man, like several different directors, diff- different vignettes. Uh, the movie poster's famous because it's Krampus going, he's battling Santa Claus. It's like Godzilla versus King Kong, and it's like, yeah. yes! You know, it's just such a blast. <laughs> yeah, it's comedic, fantastical. The horror's definitely there. It's an absolute, absolute blast. It's a great ride. So if you have like that cold, you know that cold night and you're like the thing and the shining will put me over the edge it's like i want to take it down a notch but still have a great friggin time then you go to a christmas horror story <laughs> the stories are all great um, okay. really loved it william shatner is the glue that holds the movie together as this uh disc jockey and what he really rocked that role he was fan friggin tastic <laughs> i was busting a gut and like he's killing it and you gotta see it man you gotta that's, see it that's awesome bill you know i have heard of it and i've actually seen it popping up on people's twitter feeds just because i think they're it, it does have that cult following yeah so it was like and i and i vaguely remember you talking about it a while back so i was like oh yeah i didn't know it was an anthology so that's good to know and it's oh yeah it's good that it wasn't a crapshoot like where it's 
you know, one good story and like three or four bad ones or, or mediocre ones. Yeah. No, they got better. You know, like it's like, wow, that was great. I hope the next one. Oh, the next one's really damn good. Hey, the third one's really, this is awesome. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I was just entertained from the moment it started till the moment it ended. And, you know, really just see that movie poster of Santa Claus versus Krampus. Like, fuck, man. Like, watch that damn thing. You will not be disappointed. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Uh, see if it's streaming anywhere. I'll check it out. It's streaming in my soul, Johnny. Can I can I get a monthly subscription to your soul then, Bill, so I can watch it? Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> is that is that your OnlyFans, Bill? Like, <laughs> get on there. Yeah. Well, it's hard, so it's only fangs. Whoa! Thank hey, you. Yo. Good night. Drive carefully. <laughs> well, you know, Bill, since since you had chosen. Uh, unconventional choice there. Um, how, how many are we doing, Bill? I don't care. I I, I could have one more if you want. Uh, I don't have to. I could just mention it in passing. Well, okay, yeah. Let's 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 do that. I'll 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 talk about one more that just popped up because of the the way you were talking about a Christmas horror story, mm. and it's a film that definitely again it brings the chill, and maybe because it's set in Finland believe it's set in finland oh i know what you're talking about uh rare exports so freaking awesome when i saw that movie i was like freaking out they just got that so nailed down (laughs) man it's it's so cool because it's it's in a sense it's a story about a little boy who you know believes in santa claus and then it's about a bunch of cynical men who who you know, are are just very blue collar, and then there's this uh, there's this drilling excavation going on <laughs> by by a slightly goofy uh, slash sinister uh, corporate guy, um, and <laughs> and and again, this is like Krampus. There's a bit of real real mythology that goes into this this film and uh, the cultural beliefs um, of the Finnish folks, and it centers around this little boy and this group of men and this this dig and what the dig is excavating and it has to do with dead reindeer um uh naked old men and and something something huge and unpleasant in a big block of ice Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but it's so well done oh yeah yeah say something about it bill oh man yeah, I'm watching this movie, and it's funny because as you're saying, as you're talking about it, it's like it sounds so comedic, but it really isn't. It's, it's dark. It gets it's dark. It's dark. It's a dark fantasy thing with a blue-collar family and this archaeological dig gone very, very wrong. Yeah. And, like, what transpires is just so bizarre because it's like they're working really hard to make it, like, imagine this really happening. And it's like, fuck, and it's just, like, headed to the the fear of it and all and the way that they just presented things the way the story unfurled and the depth of it the depth of the characters and that little kid who yeah, played yeah. um uh, ani ani tamila who played um the son and his father played his in real life uh his father played his father in a movie oh, um okay. yeah it's the contillo uh family um like at the end there's this you know, I'm not giving anything away, but there was this one point where the where the son like 
just makes his stand. And we've seen stuff like that before where little kids stepping up and like, oh, you know, it's, you know, rite of passage. That's wonderful. And I was like getting choked up because the way that they had built this whole movie, it Mm -hmm. was just like it had such impact. And the fear and the intensity and the mystery and... Yeah. And and the weirdness, because the weirdness was really cool, especially with these blue collar people. It's like, oh, look, yeah. look what we found at this dig. Yeah, we're gonna sell it back to those assholes who dug it up. And it's like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what? You know? But but it's so like, but it's like so logical. It was so well written. I mean, it was just beautiful. And like three people worked on it. The, the director, Jalmare Hellander. Um, Oh, two of them, and uh, Juso uh, Hellander. I don't know if that's a brother or maybe. For a while, I know that's his dad too. I don't know. Okay. But like, how do you come up with an idea that was like one? On the one hand, it's like this is so, like, this is a great basic idea that nobody thought of. But they had so many complexities in it mm-hmm. that really made it resonate. And I don't know if anybody who's seen this who was like, yeah, I don't like it. It's like, what? Like, I know, I know people who, like, hate each other's guts and are like, Rare Exports was awesome, you know? And it's like, holy, yeah, perfect, man. I should have, damn it. Why didn't I think that? I mean, no, no, that's, that's okay. It's, it's perfect. Like the, it's like the two guys in the bar bill who get drunk and get in a fight. And then they're like, and then they see each other's Rare Exports tattoo and they, they get, give each other a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rare Exports, yeah, man, you're all right. We'll next bring the rounds, yeah. Next rounds on me, <laughs> and we'll bring the country together. <laughs> we are the oh, champions. Man. Oh, but but you know what, Bill? You're totally spot on with that. It is it is a layered movie, and uh, I, I I'm not going to say it, but it has one of my favorite uh, favorite lines in a movie near the end. Oh, you got to tell me off, uh, I'll, off I'll, mic. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you off mic because it, it, it would constitute a spoiler if you haven't seen the movie. So, yeah. um, but it's it's really good. And again, you know, you look at a it's it's a another instance of kind of a foreign horror film that kind of goes the distance that you don't always eh, you know we don't see as much as we would like to in American horror. So, and and I def and I definitely think uh, setting you know it being set in finland is is fantastic because it's we know it's cold there oh man you get that cold feeling watching this man oh real cold yeah the whole thing is just like a blast of cold air in your face you know when you see the kid with his stocking hat on it's like yeah he's he's wearing that to keep warm because it's freaking cold out there so oh man what a that was such a fantastic film it was such a great surprise and it's just one of those movies from from the beginning, you know. It like you could automatically feel it, and yeah. it's yeah. like and it's like we're not going to let go, and it's not going to be anything that you could really pin into a particular category. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how did he do that? When like I watched Spiral last night, and I'm like, I'm like, and Palco was even saying a thing of Palco Designs. Um, like I was just just laughing, and I'm like, yeah, I'm laughing. This thing was ridiculous. I can't buy into any of it. I mean, it was so ridiculous. But where you have something that is absolutely ridiculous in rare exports, and they present it in such a way where you're like, I buy it. It's yeah. like, damn, that's special. Well, I, th- I think it's like with the with Krampus Bill. It's like it's like it makes you believe the fable or the fairy tale. And if you can make an audience do that, then 
man, you can do pretty much anything you want because they'll they'll be on the hook for it. So, oh yeah, yeah. So so obviously a really you know they really knew what they were doing and they had faith in what they were doing and it, and it shows you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I want I want a real hardcore bloodfest Krampus movie where he's like. You're a little shit, kid, and he just like <laughs> fucking eats them, you know. Like that's what I—I I always forget what Krampus does because I mean, you know, once you enter the horror realm, it's like Krampus is like a maniac, you know. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like okay, just make sure he's being fed the right children to, you know. Um, but yeah, oh, rare man. How come? Ah, oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad you brought that up, Johnny. We, that show would have been sucky without it, but. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of some different stuff, and you you helped me think of that, Bill, because I wasn't on my list, and I was like, "There's got to be there's got to be something else I can bring up that maybe not everybody has seen." So yeah, yeah, and that's when it must be seen. Um, just like a Christmas horror story, I'm like, I can't even remember like when I when I saw that, I was I didn't know where nobody was talking about it. Yeah, nobody yeah. was talking. About it. And it's funny, rare exports. We should have done a show on it in 2020. I mean, it's it's uh. It's 11 years old now and um holy crap all right yeah, yeah. It, in fact 11 days ago it turned 11 how's that 11 11 wow man. yeah wow. I know. creepy man yeah well I'll, I'll i'll do i'll do a little shameless plug here bill because me and gore blimey did a christmas theme episode it was the last episode uh to date of the trilogy of terror podcast and nice we, we we both went into detail talking about rare exports so if you're uh, nice in, interested in listening to that episode go to uh uh i am gore blimey on twitter it says pin tweet still after almost two years so so nice man that is fantastic oh that's yeah these are all great man i mean i can't i can it's a pick... fun little Fun little collection, yeah. Yeah, I could pick one that I think is the weakest of the bunch, but it's still good. <laughs> so that's great. Oh, yeah, man. definitely. All right, cool, man. So I'm going to go right into Scream Outs, which we haven't done in like a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, well, I, you know, if you're listening this long, you know, Johnny and I are going to be doing like a show uh, a month, and an article a month because of just life you know we're, um, we've been doing this for a million years and um, just uh, you know we have other things that we want to do need to do must do all of that fun stuff so um, I'm making a, I'm making a movie you're, you're writing scripts and, and a book too I think uh, just just a lot of irons in the fire bill but I am writing yeah. stuff so <laughs> awesome and you know, I'm a writing and, and, whore myself, so. No, and you, you're definitely more dedicated to the craft than I am. And, you know, we, we both also have real life stuff that, uh, not to give too much away, you know, it's just stuff that we have to put on our adult pants to do. So I'll just leave it at that. So. <laughs> adult pants. I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. It, it's, it's, it's a size XXX bill. Oh, God. Jeez. Uh, anyway, uh, we would like we'd like to scream out to these wonderful souls on Twitter that you could follow. Hopefully, it won't screw it up. Uh, first one being the wonderful uh, and giving Jan O'Connell. Um, yeah, twenty six years filmmaking producer from script to sales, director, writer, artist, creator. She's in distribution, PR, marketing, film festival scripts, and consultant. Really big with um, I spit on your grave. 
um, yes. material and um, fantastic. So go there. Um, Melissa Sharp. And <laughs> the handle is Ilsa Marks, Winter Harbor, Maine. That is it. That's all you need to know. Follow this person. <laughs> Sid Vicious, and that's CYD. And this is at. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I was just like trying to figure out what it could be, but I'm just gonna say, it. Araminta Crisis, and that's mm-hmm. connector of awesomeness, geek, bibliophile, cryptozoologist, <laughs> gamer, Godzilla. She her profile <laughs> picked by Loopy Dave. Go check her out too. She's cool as hell. Deadly Gambit, and that is Nickaroo Wagner, um, wrestling with horror podcast hostess. Uh, 30 plus years of gaming experience wow awesome autistic still wants to be a ring announcer wrestling MC seriously out of Garner North Carolina and you could follow uh, her at twitch.tv forward slash Nicole Wagner 19 Tico Romeo and that's Tico underscore Romeo R-O-M-A-O connoisseur of fine action sequences and he really really is an absolute wonderful gentleman out of Edmonton, yeah. Alberta. All things film go to him. The screening space, and that is screening underscore space. It's a place to chat about all forms of entertainment featuring celebrity interviews, movie and TV series news and reviews. And you can go to thescreeningspace.com as well. Um, Johnny writes for them often. I've written one article, um, and as soon as I can think of something intelligent, I will write them another. <laughs> Um, right now it's like I have no time so nothing intelligent is happening <laughs> Promote Horror welcome yes. to PromoteHorror.com where we bring creators of horror and horror fans together our goal is to help spread the horror which is a hashtag and you should use it damn it through our promotions they're out of Miami and again go to PromoteHorror.com they have been fantastic forever so highly recommended Skip Bolden who is now Bolden Skip Film producer, freelancer, he's on IMDb. Uh, you could visit his shop on Redbubble as well. He always supports indie film. He is indie film. He's out of. <laughs> he's in New York City. He's in Los Angeles. He makes stuff happen, and he loves film in all its forms. Uh, wonderful soul again. Great supporter as well. The Cinema Ticket, otherwise known as GR44, movie fan in love with the technological medium that has harnessed the stuff of which dreams are made. Mm-hmm. And The Cinema Ticket is out of Cork, Ireland, and you could also go to the, their site, thecinematicket.wordpress.com. And finally, a uh, wonderful sh- uh, guest who's been on our show five times. He's bringing his uh, Crime Lord series to a close uh, as other things uh, approach. Um, and it is David Wilde with an E66, writer, filmmaker, actor, uh, getting NFT space early to 2022, <laughs> uh, out of Scotland. Uh, go to beacons.page forward slash David Wilde 66. Fantastic filmmaker. He makes stuff happen at a, with like, I have two cents, I can make a movie. And it's not <laughs> crap. And that's the thing. He cares very much about quality beautiful work um, in a series you could get on uh, Amazon Prime it's uh, is it is it Prime or is it Netflix I forgot all of a sudden um, oh shoot I thought it was Prime but I might yeah be I think it's Prime too uh, just fantastic the characters the interchanges uh, the exchanges 
uh, the camera work and how he makes it all happen is beyond me. Um, and also check out one of his early feature films, Mission X. <laughs> I love that one. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, oh man, you know, I don't know this guy. It's an independent film. He, he made it with no money, and I'm like, oh my god, this is really good. You know, it's like knows how to write, knows how to write. So uh, we wish him, uh, you know, congratulations on two years uh, in the series, uh, bring it to fruition with the book about it's coming out. Um, uh, crime Lord and um, can't wait to see what he comes up with next yeah definitely yeah. alright oh, oh and I guess I'll just go you could find me at Crash Palace on Twitter and also on um, Noir Kink on Twitter for the uh, crime thriller series I write but if you go to CrashPalaceProductions.com you'll get links to this episode and more articles from Johnny and a whole bunch of other wonderful souls Hey, Bill, do you want to tell people about uh, the new Kink Noir book? Um, thank you, Johnny. Like, I wasn't in marketing for 25 years at all. Um, <laughs> my, my new novel, the fourth book in the Kink Noir series, is called Bondage, and it will be released soon, hopefully before X-Mass um, in paperback and Kindle. And um, I'm, I already have notes for the fifth one, and I'll be starting that. And I've started to develop notes for the sixth one, Johnny. Wow. Damn. You're a, you're a writing machine, man. I need You need to bottle whatever you have and give it to me. <laughs> uh, I don't, well, just make sure you do something traditional so, you know, you don't get lost in the shuffle, Johnny. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, Bill, okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to bondage, and I'm happy to hear that you've got to – you're laying – the groundwork for the other book uh, two more books that's exciting um thanks man it's making my arm hairs stand on end so Ooh, baby if we were your pubic hairs that'd be even cooler but i'll get i'll take what i can take you know well yeah you should see it it's kind of like it's kind of like a crew cut right now so <laughs> your pubic hairs awesome johnny yeah stay <laughs> trim man trim it poking out of my pants like pins so anyway <laughs> Um, anyway, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Johnny Numb. There are no H's in those Johnnies. Um, you can also find me, as Bill said, at CrashPalaceProductions.com, where I write extremely popular takes on movies like Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, and I also, I also write reviews, uh, as Bill said earlier, at TheScreeningSpace.com, because uh, Susan Layton, who runs The Screening Space, mm -hmm. is just wonderful. And Absolutely. You know, she she has an eye for people who really want to write, and uh, you know, I, I like to think the people who write there have uh, interesting takes and unique voices. So I'm happy to be a part of that. So awesome, man. Yep. Excellent. So that is it. All right. Yeah. Bill, right. stay stay frosty until we next. Time. I was just going to say stay toasty. So there we go. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Okay, bye.